Bonjour, bienvenue, and welcome to another episode of Never Mind the Keywords. I'm your host, Charlie Myler, and alongside me is my fellow co-host and colleague at Embryo, Tamara. Hi, Tamara, Charlie. how are you? I'm good, how are you? Very well, very well. It's another beautiful sunny day in oh. the Costa del Manchester. All the better for that bagel we just had. All the better for the bagel. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Arlo's. Uh, just had an excellent salmon and cream cheese bagel. Uh, prepped and we're ready and we're looking forward to another great episode. Uh, on today's show, uh, boy have we got an exciting one for you today, Tamara and myself will be talking to Rich Tyrrell who was the co-founder of a marketing network company Manchester Young Professionals. Uh, they're a networking organisation that was set up uh, way back in the sort of early early 10s um, to bring the fun back into networking really. So we'll be chatting to Rich about its beginnings, what he makes of networking in 2022, why he thinks Manchester and is the place for young professionals. As well as that, me and Tamara will be chatting about some eye-catching news we've come across in the world of marketing. Uh, you can hear that right after this break. And welcome back. You join us in the news and chat section. Um, here we're just going to chat about things we've seen, uh, what we've been up to, and anything else that's kind of caught our interest. Tamara, is there anything that's come across your desk yeah, recently? Yeah, so interested? I saw that Salford City Council are creating a new Keys waterfront town centre. And do you know what? I think that fits in with our interview with Rich today because it just shows, I mean, it's going to be like a, a landmark destination for culture, entertainment, media. And there's just so many young professionals now, isn't there, working in mm. Manchester. And it's just going to be a new hub for like entertainment. Um, and I think the Keys area is going to double in size over the next decade. Yeah, it says um, in the article that you shared with me it's um we'll leave it in the the show notes as well um it's cited near the lowry media city and cotton key uh and the city's mayor paul dennett said it would create a landmark destination for culture entertainment media and i think uh having lived in manchester for the best part of three-ish years now i think that part of town if you can call it town it's slightly further out. yeah but um that part of manchester is the kind of bit that i've always felt a little bit cold about I think, Do you reckon? yeah i think i like media city for what it is but I think just, it's got its limits. I think. I think it's just it's kind of it feels like a toy town yeah. because you kind of people go there for their job or people. It's a destination rather than a place people like necessarily go to live. That's quite a broad generalization. But I think, you know, there's Media City there. There's the museum, the War Museum, and then there's a couple of bars and restaurants. But I think something like this is will bring that kind of community yeah. that we've no, got agree. in like Ancoats, you've got in kind of spinning fields. So that, um, yeah, that will be quite interesting. And I think, you know, as they said, there's a potential for hundreds of jobs to be created as well. So, Always you know, thing. this is fits in with what we're talking about, the rich, just the networking, the young professionals. Yeah. There's just going to be so many in Manchester now. Yeah, I think it's the next sort of natural step for the place, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. Manchester's just kind of growing out in a big circle, yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah, so I think something like this is, is, is inevitable and... Um, and probably much needed. It goes back to that kind of chat, though, doesn't it, about gentrification and, I don't know, expanding a city versus the kind of effect it has on its residents and things like that. And I've always found that an interesting topic as someone who has benefited from gentrification in that, like, I live in Ancoats, mm. which five, ten years ago yeah. wasn't somewhere people lived. I think in media cities, so in places like that, mm. you can do it because it's not, it's not primarily yeah. a, a residential area. But I know what you're saying about... Yeah other areas like Ancoats. It's interesting, places like Stretford as well, I've, there's, 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 there's an argument, there's a kind of rumbling argument about the mm. kind of, what does what is the effect of that gentrification? And you know, one side of it is like, it's much needed, places, there are places that haven't been very nice for years, and this gentrification, in inverted, comment, in inverted quotes, is a necessity. Whereas the other side of it is, well, you're kind of 
pricing out local residents and with the kind of yeah. cost of living anyway being so, you know. I think it, it just keeps strong. the economy booming, doesn't it? Yep. And that's priority. Uh, it does. It does. So yes, no, um, Salford, uh, Salford Keys, um, I'm sure the local residents will be delighted at the sight of cranes and, <laughs> and, uh, and all sorts uh, in the coming years. But no, good stuff. Um, I had a look uh, on the reliable source that is the drum and had a look at a article which showed that research from a uh, the body canter uh, shows that businesses and like brands that embrace diversity in their content are delivery are getting better results basically which i thought was an interesting thing to talk about because of the economic benefits of it and also the kind of obviously the sort of moral need for brands and businesses now to reflect the audiences that they're targeting yeah. and move away from this kind of white lens and targeting people that look like me you, spoilers yeah. straight white boy yeah you know and and kind of branching out to a broader spectrum and what the data shows is that there it's more it's more economically successful which is a cynical take i think but you know there is that balance that it's, it's yeah. an interesting it's an interesting i mean you can definitely there's there's a, a way more conscious effort now you can see on tv ads on yeah. things like that people are making more of a conscious effort yeah. to include more diverse people in their adverts um yeah. and i suppose some people don't receive that well actually but a lot of people do and yeah. of course the majority of us do and we want to see that yeah. so i think it's good yeah the um they had a they've got this very clever database which is far more intelligent than i um could ever explain it but it tests it tested more than like ten thousand ads from around the world every year and found that um ads that feature unrepresented groups but just give them a presence have almost identical average short-term sales uplift and improvements in power mm. um however when ads that feature underrepresented groups in a positive way, they find that there's a huge difference in the potential to build the brand in the longer term and also uh, better potential to influence short-term sales. And the scale of that difference was in their kind of power metric that they have is was, was a was a kind of a difference of 45 points, which is quite remarkable, really. And that shows it's presumably it just yeah. sort of shows that there's an appetite for more diversity on screen, more yeah, diversity absolutely. in our content and our forward. culture. Um so yeah, I thought that was very interesting. There's kind of two ways to look at it, I suppose, is that, that we should be looking to represent every group in the positive, most fullest way. Um, brands that, you know, I, I take a kind of brutal approach on it in that like, if you're going to have the temerity to sell a product or a service mm. to someone, if you have, it's not arrogance, but if you have the belief that what you're putting out there is worthy of people's time and money, I think you have a responsibility to make sure that you're, that the way you then promote that to people is done in the most realistic diverse proper way yeah i, I think agree it's, it's quite it's quite a, you know it sounds harsh but it's like well you know it's 20 mm -hmm. you need you need now to, you can't just be a company anymore that sells things you have to have a, a brain and a conscience also the more diverse that the you know the employee pool becomes which yeah. again is the way forward um the more naturally the more diverse the, the yeah. content's going to be yeah. anyway you yeah know? i think if you put people in that position you put the right people in positions of influence yeah you're going to see uh, more diverse, which is more diverse sort of a varied amount of content, which ultimately leads to better content, I think. Yeah. Well. And I don't think that that side of the debate is often not mentioned is that you get a better product, be that the product itself or the content that sort of surrounds the product. I think you end up with something. Yeah. Something much I mean, a lot of the time brands get accused of trying too hard, but it's actually like, no, it's just the normal thing to do, isn't it? To be diverse. And yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think some people like to just pick a fight when they see different people on their screen. Yeah. Um, but let's not give them the oxygen of publicity. I think um, it's just about being authentic. I think that's it, all, everything I everything I've ever thought about sort of marketing and 
branding is all just about telling your honest, authentic story. Yeah. And not deviating from that mm-hmm. because that will, I think, yield success. And I think if that that authentic, honest story includes diverse characters and and sort of a broad spectrum of views and, and, and people that I think is going to yield you the most success. I think the problem brands have is when they try and crowbar these things in, yeah. which is kind of shown in this data where the, that sort of short-term sales uplift is improved, but long-term it sort of peters out. I think that probably yeah. links back to the sort of people just kind of trying to crowbar diversity. And it's like, no, actually do it, make it part of your authentic yeah, story as a business, time. and then that will show out mm-hmm. uh, in a lot more in a lot more detail, I think. Yeah, so um, yes, uh, coming up next, we will be chatting to the co-founder of Manchester Young Professionals, Mr. Rich Tyrell. We will see you after the break. So welcome back. So we're delighted to have with us today, Rich Tyrell, who is a co-founder of Manchester Young Professionals. And um, we're gonna find out a little bit more about that in a second, but it's, it's basically an inclusive and accessible network for like-minded young professionals in Manchester, isn't it? Exactly that. And when did you set it up? We set it up in 2013. Okay. So do you want to tell us a little bit of a background about the business and yourself? Yep, of course. Um, we um, we moved to Manchester, myself and Andrew, the co-founder, uh, back mm-hmm. in 2013. Um, and we recognised early on that um, we felt like there could have been more um, for young professionals in different sectors yeah. to connect. Um, and from there, we um, we got our heads together after living together for six months, experience in the city, and it felt like there was something that could be there. Um, and so we we started yeah. what is now known as NYP. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a, a Twitter page with um, two followers at the time. Oh, is that how it started? I didn't know that. Yeah, that we used Twitter like, for the oh, first right. event. Yeah. What was what was it about Twitter that drew you to? Because was it twenty? Is it twenty thirteen? Twenty thirteen. Yeah. yeah. What was what was the Twitter? Was it just a coincidence, or was it like? We both used Twitter the most from a social network right. perspective at that sure. time, I would say. Before, yeah. I think it was before Insta or Insta, yeah. I just started and no one really used it. And yeah. then um, LinkedIn was, was huge quickly for us, actually, in terms of the importance. Yeah. But Twitter, we both used it and we just yeah, thought yeah. that was easy to get a quick yeah. message out there in Manchester. And what were the pair of you doing back then? Were you in the same kind of industry or what were like, your, was your job situation? Or? We weren't, no. So I work in FMCG, so like food and drink, and Andrew does investments. Right. And so okay. very, very different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So you can draw in more experience than I imagine from your different sort of backgrounds. and Yeah, like that. and from our friend network as well, yeah. that's how it started. We have people who work in different industries. Interesting. The I always think networking has a kind of, I don't know, a preconceived view or a pre, people have a preconceived idea of it. I know I did before I kind of got to know you guys like in the last couple of years. What What did networking, what did you view it as back then? What do you view it like now? And how much has it shifted, like your perception of it from going from like an outsider's point of view to, you know, you're right in the muck and nettles of it all. For me, networking back then was, we didn't really love the word networking. Yeah. We felt like it scared people off a little bit. Yeah. Um, but networking was the easiest way in one word to explain yeah. what it was. Um, over time, we've we've used venues, we've used um uh, we've used our partners we work with, I guess, yeah. um, to, to to differentiate networking and make it yeah. kind of what people we think want uh, it, that to be. Um, so now my view of networking is it's effectively just meeting uh, different groups of yeah. people, socialising to benefit you personally. And it is still a bit of a scary word, actually. I, I yeah, agree with that. I, I still it's do. And like... I've, I've been to a couple of NYP events mm. and it's still the yeah. 
just it's because it's on it's, it's fundamentally just about talking to strangers mm. essentially and that is quite a weird thing to do like it's not something you do every day and it's something you try and avoid at the best of times yeah um so i think it's great that there's something like myp out there that forces people like yourself who like rather would be a bit like averse to it to actually go ahead and yeah. the benefits of it are yeah. are huge i think um and what is it like running a business with your friend um, it, it's great at the same time as having its challenges. I think it's great that we're lucky that when we started it, we we wanted to try new venues in Manchester together and we wanted to try yeah. the, the latest gyms, etc. To be able to do that with your best mate is a yeah. great thing. However, when we've, over the years, you've got to make decisions mm. at, at certain times. Um, in reality, they're, they're small decisions, but they're sometimes decisions you wouldn't have had to make as a friend before. Yeah. So having those conversations can be a little bit difficult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we um, we find common ground quite quickly, I think. Yeah. And, um, and and that's what makes it, I guess what it is, is a mix of ideas. Do you, and Andrew, Steve's your other co-founder, do you guys have a kind of, I'm sure you do, given that you've been friends for so long and work together, you have a kind of set of core beliefs about NYP I know that there's like the three pillars of NYP I don't know mm. if you want to explain that a little bit more and how that how how that changes your approach to networking and and how it influences what you do with NYP yeah we do have the three pillars but I think the events are always going to be our main thing yeah NYP is going to be events mm-hmm. um however over time outside of events we recognize that a community which is what we feel like we've created now and um there's more that's needed than just events. Um, there's some people who don't actually come to our events, but still a part of the MIP community because they want to engage yeah. separately. So, uh, Charlie, you're right. We've got social events, health and wellbeing events, and educational events. So, we'll do 55, 60 events across those three in the yeah. year, mm-hmm. from 10 people that's quite to a lot, 700 people. Yeah, that is a lot. Yeah, and but then the other side of NYP is the is we might come on to that, but that's where we got other initiatives going on, yeah. which have grown over the last few years. So you've got. It's, is it primarily for people in their 20s and 30s? Correct. Yeah. And what kind of industries are these people from across Manchester? We want to make sure it's really inclusive and any any industry can come. We still have a, a bit of a job to be done to ensure that people from yeah. other industries feel like they can attend our events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're working on that. Um, and we are our digital partner this year. We want to make sure that other, other sectors are... Um, aware that NYP mm. is an inclusive network and yeah. it's accessible to everyone. Um, so everyone, but when we started, law, accountancy and property were our main three. So they make yeah. up probably 45% of our community. Still, still, to this day. How how does that, out, I mean, first of all, I suppose if you could expand on what industries you're looking to outreach to and how you go about doing it, because I can imagine that is quite tricky when like, you know, essentially the majority of your current network are stuck in those kind are in those like legacy industries. How do you go about the outreach into those like new it's like pitching, blocks? isn't it? Yeah, it's pitching essentially. It's yeah, blocks of people. I think it's it's thinking about our. There's two prob- two things. One is uh, using our platforms to be clear on our message, and if that is to uh, open to other uh, sectors, then let's do that and yeah. let's be really clear on that uh, and make it fun to kind of make them mm. want to the guys come along to the events yeah. and. Um, and uh, the second thing is using the people in NYP. We we do often ask for feedback. We ask for help in terms of that's ultimately how it started is a lot of word of mouth. And, you know, you trust your mate more than you trust um, an Instagram ad, for example. Right. Yeah. So if we can you know use our contacts, I guess, and the network mm-hmm. that will help us more. Yeah. And what do businesses get out of working with you as well? 
it's, it, it depends really we always try and say it kind of depends what the objective is yeah ultimately we we are you know we're lucky we've got a, um, a platform to talk about um, exciting yeah. new uh, growth brands in Manchester mm-hmm. um, and we we are super clear that it has to be relevant for NYP for what yeah, we do um, and if it is then it can be a value add to being part of NYP yeah. the, the importance and value of networking I think isn't lost on it's certainly not lost on me over the last few years sort of working sort of adjacent to you guys mm. what is what would you say to someone who is you know not convinced of the of the value of it or has a kind of view on it that is maybe a little bit set in a kind of a preordained image of it what's what would your message be to the those kind of people that are a little bit cynical about the value of network I think a network is not going to be for everybody. Yeah. That's fair to say. Um, so some people won't attend NYP mm-hmm. events, which is which is obviously fine. Yeah. Um, as trends change, we need to make sure that we're doing the things that the original events at the newest venues. Yeah. You know, with with cool things going on. So we're going to get people to come along if they want to come along. Um, at those events, like you said, Charlie, yeah. you'll see like-minded people, yeah. um, whether it's professionally or personally, and they could add value to your life yeah. from a work capacity or from a personal uh, yeah. capacity. So it, it's we try and be as super clear what happens at the events using yeah. our social platforms so people can see when they come, when they step through that door, they're yeah. not going to be um, met with something that they're not uh, used to. So yeah. Yeah. we try and use the social platform. Yeah, I think what you guys do so well is that, like, uh, putting people at ease and and taking the networking out of networking in that like you know you go to an event and it's like a welcome from yourself or or Andrew and it's like the 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 pressure of it's just dialed down ever so slightly and and you know I think that is a really good way of sort of getting those people in who are yet to be convinced on on networking. We'll we'll circle back to the the kind of events you guys put on because they are genuinely uh, really really good. But I wanted to touch on the mentoring scheme that you guys have um it's your second round of sort of mentoring at the minute um and when she signed up to it so i'm a mentee yes tomorrow signed up to it so um well i think when this pod comes out we'll probably be in the full they'll be in the full throes of of the mentoring program but do you want to just explain to the listeners like you know row back a bit go back from day one what was it about what was it about having the myp networking events what was it about mentoring that felt like the next natural evolution a couple of things I would say. The main one is we stand for networking, connecting and developing. Um, uh, there are three key pillars and then COVID happened. So we had to decide what to do with um, an event calendar, which yeah. couldn't happen. So we it kind of linked to COVID this. Yeah. Um, we we recognised that development is a key part of MYP. Mm-hmm. So how could we do something with technology and development, yeah. you know, in that tough time for everybody. So we, um, we we thought something to connect people online would be great. And there's a lot of people who want to help people out there. We recognize that, um, which is great. And there's a lot of people who still want to develop their careers further. There's that, there's that need in the space. Yeah. So we thought, let's look at something like that. We got some feedback from a few of our team. And then the feedback was, yeah, mentoring is something that we want. We want, I think we did a survey and we, we had some stats back at 97% of, a survey of 350 people said um, career development was still key to them mm. like outside of their day yeah. job. It's a massive amount of people, yeah, right? Yeah. So I think if you're involved in something like NYP, you probably are bothered about, you know, developing yeah. yourself, like yourself, getting involved in. The yeah, mentoring. I'm not. I mean, I, cause I'm not from Manchester anyway, so I hadn't long before you partnered up with Embryo, I hadn't really heard that much about the organisation. But mm. um, I haven't been to like you asked me earlier, yeah. didn't I? I've been to the social side. So that side, 
I probably will end up doing that, but it was just more the mentoring scheme that, that appealed to me, just mm. getting that advice and value from, mm. you know, other people in the industry, like a bit of a friend on your shoulder. It's like, Absolutely. why not? Why would you not get involved in something like that? And the numbers from uh, particularly the second round of mentoring. So you launched the first one back before, in last summer, was it around about? It was, it was um, summer 2020, the first oh, summer quarter. 2020, yeah. Oh, blimey, yeah. Time is a flat circle. It Goes is. has ruined any sense of time. It is. Uh, it really time is. Time management for me. So, I mean, that was extremely popular, so popular that you decided to do another round at the start of this year. Um, but the numbers for that have been insane, haven't they, in terms of your the amount of applicants? Do you want to just touch on that popularity? Because it is remarkable. Yeah, we are. We're so um, impressed that, yeah. you know, so many applicants we've had. We've had it's more than 200 pairings so far since we've launched the scheme. And this one's been our most successful um, we are really clear though that we don't want to match anyone with people that aren't going to benefit. Yeah. So we've had to sadly say wait for the next round and reapply. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are we are so we're so pleased to see it. It's yeah. great. I was going to ask you about that. So how how difficult is the matching process? Because obviously I don't know whether it's you guys that do it personally, but mm -hmm. you've got to go through everyone's applications and like I was quite detailed in mine. So you've really got to be quite meticulous in how you match people, haven't you? Hundred percent. Yeah. We people take the time to fill it in, and we want to make sure we take the time as well. So we work with uh, Jess Neal, who's a specialist. Um, he used to work at Manchester Business School, who were one of our uh, partners. Yeah. And um, we effectively go through with a fine tooth comb the, um, the, 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 full, the full detail of the application, which is um, your objectives, your career, um, your say, university you studied at, um, your personality test. Yeah. Um, there's several other questions in there. That, that was an eye opener for me, the personality uh, test. Like, obviously, I know what my own personality is yeah, like anyway, sure. but you read the description and you're like, oh my God, that is. <laughs> Yeah. It just sussed me out in like what was 40 the minutes. What did you do? What was the test? It's just, it's like a questionnaire and you just have to answer. It's like on a scale of one to five, would you do this or that? Right, or okay. how do you feel about this? Like somewhat agree um, or disagree, yeah. but it's really, it's really good. Have you good. ever done one before? Yeah, but not, that's probably the best one I've done. Yeah. Like it was like six, think, 16 personalities. It is exactly that. Is it so, that one? Yes. Yeah, it's that one. Yes, I've heard of I still one. get emails now about how to manage my, my life <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. So I'll keep those. Unsubscribe. But we did, in fairness on that, we do pride ourselves on taking the time for that because yeah. it's important if you put the time in to do that we should put the time in yeah. to make sure the matches are there yeah and i think that's a really good way of approaching it because it could be so much easier to just sort of do it willy-nilly yeah. couldn't mm. it but i think you wouldn't be able to do round two in the way that you've done it had you not set the precedent mm. i suppose in, in early on and then there's a like oh, you've got a group for mentors on linkedin haven't you a group for mentees and then tips on how to get the best out of it so it is, it is pretty detailed um i've got i think i've got my first meet with my mentor next week yeah. over we were going to meet in person but our schedules didn't really match up just for that week so we're going to do it on google meet so yeah. i'm looking forward to that yeah that's that's something new you've, you've never kind of dabbled in that area before no. you know um i find i think that's incredible i think that the, the fact that there's like 200 applicants i think is remarkable in a world where like not to sound like a granddad but uh, which i do often uh where everyone's sort of engrossed in their own world uh there's clearly a demand and a want for real meaningful relationships in a in a sort of professional sense isn't that it really does show that people want that yeah i was going to say because it's easy to get like quotes off instagram and follow business pages and things yeah. like that but it's not really tailored to you is no, it really i think it's those little those like unique bespoke bits of advice that yeah. each each sort of party in that relationship can drop for each other and that's the key that's what i find interesting about your program is that there's an emphasis on the benefits for the mentee as well. It's not a, it's not a like all about the mentor and what they get out of it. 
there really is a kind of balance there, isn't there? We, we do use the LinkedIn group for um, guidance on how you can yeah. both get benefits from it. The reverse mentoring thing that exists yeah. is, is key for people who do that. People don't just want to um, take information. They want to give it back as well. And for their, you know, even though they might be more senior, they might still want to um, have challenges in their work. They want to talk about with someone outside of their work. And it's a real safe space. Yeah. And that trust element is important. But if you get the trust element right, mm. um, you can both benefit. Yeah. yeah. What's your... Um, Who's your, are you, so you're a mentee or a mentor? Yeah, mentee. Mentee. So who's yeah. your? Uh... Um, a lady called Georgia Newmarch. She's um, yeah. a designer for a digital agency. Okay. Um, so, yeah. You've you got kind of got like an idea. Do you know what your kind of process is going to be? Do you know what? I don't. I, I want to just meet her first and just have a yeah. chat with her and just get the vibe because I'm quite good at reading people and I just, you just want to see how you mm. get along and the conversation you have and then I think after that we'll kind of, I'll tell her what I'm expecting out of it. She sure. can tell me because like you just said, I'm going to be there to give her advice as yeah. well. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I mean, I don't know what what kind of ages you kind of tend to get the mentors and the mentees at, but I could have applied, to, like I'm 29, I could have yeah. applied to be a mentor if I wanted. Do you have mentors that are quite young as well? Yeah, we do. Yeah. So that's why it's fantastic because people who are say 25, 24, who don't think they've got enough experience to be yeah. a mentor in actual fact, you might be the best mentor for someone who's 22, who's just going yeah. through those first one or two years mm -hmm. of their career. Mm -hmm. They might, for example, have been through a COVID uh, few years in their career and not experienced, for example, having an impact in an office environment, mm -hmm. right? Which we're coming back to now. So there's those things that um, as a younger mentor, you can certainly benefit. Yeah. I think it's finding that right person at the right. I think you hear mentor and you think immediately think like older person that's got like 20, 30 years, but it's about finding the person that's right at the right time, mm. isn't it? I imagine. So like you say, if I know 22 year old, I'm showing my age here, 22 year old me would have really liked a 26 year old me to come and talk to them and say, don't worry, like it'll all line itself out. So I think it's really, really important to have, yeah. you've got that. Have you had... The, the reward of seeing those relationships grow must be like just priceless, right? The, the when you see them, when you see it click for people, because I imagine it doesn't always click, even despite your best intentions and mm. the matching process. But when those ones do click, it must just be so rewarding. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we've had we we do have a, a few who don't work for whatever reasons, schedules don't match for a few months, and but it's few and far between. The majority yeah. are positive yeah. experiences, and the best ones, some of the best ones we've had this year, are amazing. Um, and it's great because people get in touch proactively with us mm. to tell us they say thank you like yeah. to um, my mentor because yeah. of you know and we want to let you know we want to let you know that they've been amazing for me and my career yeah. um, people have won awards this year and put it quite heavily down to their mentor yeah. um, which is amazing that we can set something up that can have a, a small impact to connect them and it's certainly then down to them and our support yeah. but yeah it's yeah. great to see it sort of restores your faith in humanity a little bit or at least it does for me I like that Charlie but it does it's, uh, it's that like you know, people become invested in people and people will always be interested in people. And it's why I think things like podcasts work. And I think it's why things like networking and mentoring works. Because the value of human connection. Absolutely. Mm, it? So you really start to like, people become invested in that person's career growth and career journey yeah. through no monetary or you know, material benefit other than just to mm. see that person grow. So it's a lovely thing to, um, to, to see. So, you do all of this, you do your events, uh, recent one was at the firehouse, which I attended, which the video, uh, was released, uh, last night Have you as we're recording this. And drunk. I thought that's what you're going to no, say. No, 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 no. We videos, cut that bit out, Charlie. Yeah, thank you. No, I, I paid him quite a lot of money to get those. Um, <laughs> but you do all of this in Manchester and I wanted to touch on Manchester a little bit because, you know, Shane, when we're not, uh, backwards and coming forwards about where Embryo's from and its roots, 
first of all, I mean, you're a northern lad. You've lived in the north kind of all your life. What was it about Manchester that you thought was perfect for NYP, other than the name? Other than the name? Because it couldn't be just young professionals. It but, couldn't, yeah. it couldn't. Um, what... We we lived here and we 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 loved yeah. it when we got here. Moment yeah. one, we look and I think we saw a bit of opportunity that that it was good. It was going yeah. to be growing. All of our friends, whether it was the timing, ever you know, it's hard to say. Was it just the timing for mm -hmm. us? But we were quite lucky. I think that we we came and moved here together. We lived for um like four or five years yeah. together. But when we first moved in, there wasn't an awful lot going on. But we come from a small town with not much going on. So for us, it was great. And yeah. uh, but when bars started opening, restaurants started opening. Um, you could see it was a good a good time for it, and um, it's obviously gone from strength to strength, Manchester, and it's without a doubt one of the most uh, attractive places to live in in the UK now. Hundred percent, it's like the second London, isn't it? It's yes, and, and and there's a there's a, always talk about community here, and like it's kind of an intangible thing, but I think you have you can't really explain it to someone. You sort of have to sit in it and live in it, and like it's the reason I know about NYP and it's the reason that yeah. these networks do you know what you mean? Work. People are quite proud to be from Manchester. Massively so. And I think, did you see, so you moved here when? In 2013. 2013. Uh, well, 2012, end of 2012. So that, that 10 year period, you must have seen a hell of a lot of change. What was it, what was it like? What was Manchester like back then? Because I mean, it was before me, even, you know, coming born. here. Being, yeah, being born. Yeah, being born, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what was that? How have you seen the city change in that 10 years? so many more people so many more i think the big one for me is like is is the people who are here there's a lot there's obviously not lots more people is one but there's lots more um there's lots of companies coming here who are having uh, their headquarters here yeah. they're bringing great staff here yeah. they're moving from out of town you know from from small towns or yeah. from london here when you do that what happens is obviously the restaurants come the bars yeah. come yeah. and the city just gets more vibrant mm. and then now the properties you can you can't look around without seeing two or three yeah. skyscrapers yeah. or cranes building yeah. the next we we're just talking before you came about the new um and if you've seen it in the news the council Suffolk city council creating a new keys water town yeah. waterside town yeah. center in media city so i think it's like like you say it's bringing that hundreds of jobs bringing a community to somewhere mm. do you think it because it's interesting to me is the community in manchester has probably always been here it's just sort of hipsters like me that go, oh yeah, it's wow, this is so cool to see. But like Manchester is is always a bit had a community sense. But do you think it's there must have been a, a kind of watershed point where those businesses see that community, see the kind of growth of it, the growth of the the demand of people living here, and then bring their headquarters, which then brings the property. Then that it's that culture in the city, I think, that has sort of cemented everything else that's happened around it. Would you is that something that you've seen yourself? Yeah, I think I think especially with young professionals as well starting their career here, mm. um, people moving here yeah. want to live in a city with everything on our doorsteps. Yeah. There's a lot more of that. There's, there's a lot more flats now to live in, and you can live in the city centre and um, you know get a job five minute walk from where you live and go out at the weekend five minute walk from where you live and yeah. you've almost got the um, a bit of a glorified student lifestyle with a job yeah. Um, yeah. after you may go to university or even if you don't you can still have that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you what makes it such a great sort of place for young professionals, but you've sort of answered it there really is that. There's minimal commuting. There's like a minimal that the engagement you can engage with the city really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. I find, and like I live in Ancoats, and it's like that kind of you're immediately involved in it. You don't have to go, you know, you don't have to get the tube for twenty minutes. You don't have to get a bus out from the middle of nowhere. You are kind of in the city. I think that's what makes it so good is that there is the opportunity to go to a networking event, go to your job, and still really only be ten minutes from everything. That, I mean, that's for a networking. 
organization like yourself that's just gold dust isn't it I mean, you, you it is yeah you can't you can't get better than that. it is yeah i think the people who are who run the venues that you're talking about there you know these guys who we work with a lot they are very welcoming you touched on it there um you don't have to be from manchester to um inherit that yeah. i think that um welcoming side of people is yeah. really common actually and it's yeah. great yeah and one thing i'll say as a southerner is it's really friendly up here yeah. like it is like people it's a bit of a cliche but people actually just do smile at you more yeah. and they, they are a bit nicer like do you notice it when you go back home the difference or no i don't i don't go home and think oh people aren't friendly here but no, when no, i'm no. here i just yeah. think oh yeah. it is it is sure. a lot more friendly That's and i've lived in london as well so it's just it is it is that thing what people yeah. say like that don't typically say hello to people sure. on the tube or whatever. No, 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 no no that's interesting yeah. um what excites you about the city currently we've got we just touched there on the quayside thing over in media city you can't as you say you can't walk five minutes without seeing a crane or a or a building site but deeper than that in terms of the culture and in terms of the people what is it what's exciting you about manchester at the minute and in the next few years now we're free and in inverted commas of covid i think it probably goes back to the same thing about yeah. the companies that are starting here the restaurants and bars that are coming here and then the people that are moving here it just pushes this the ceiling of the yeah. of the talent in the region um and with all that can only be more investment you know more um you know more pushing forward of quality restaurants and bars that are coming here yeah. a destination for, for globally for people to come and visit yeah you know people should be able to say i'm going to come to the uk and visit manchester not yeah. just london i think that might be the i think that's the next nut to crack isn't it is the we've got it here people in manchester and in great manchester get it i think that spread that spreads out further but i think that's the next sort of nut to crack is the kind of Right, it becomes a destination where you visit Manchester, and then you might visit London, but you don't. Yeah. You, Manchester isn't just yeah. a by happenstance; it's like a destination place, mm -hmm. and I'd be interested to see how that goes because there's such a there's a real there's a real opportunity for people to succeed here, isn't there? And people back people really back small businesses; it's they the back weather. things like MYP, and it's it all just missing, it's just missing the weather. Cost it well. We we are recording on a beautiful sunny day, but yes, I think it's a it's a, it's a uh, the exception that proves the rule probably. But I think it's that, isn't it? People really back uh, businesses and really want them to succeed, and I think that sort of drives everything, doesn't it? I think it does. Yeah, I think we are we're lucky that people who who come to our events are of that ilk that mm. they are aware that they're going to walk into a room and I must have countless conversations with people who are uh, potentially a little bit nervous on their first event, for example. Mm. But it's the main point i say is that people who come to a networking event have probably been there themselves yeah and they they're okay that, that you might not be confident or yeah. you know know everything about networking so go and say hello and have a yeah. chat but that that comes through loud and clear from yeah. i think people in manchester yeah did you ever imagine that the business would grow to the scale it has and that you'd still be doing this like years and years later we we had no future plan out i think at the time which is i'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing i think probably a good thing we we um we we love doing it. We love doing it in our spare time, um, yeah. and we'll see what happens. It's uh, it's exciting time to be um, to be doing this sort of thing with yeah. all the stuff we've talked about. What's your just looking at the world of work now? What is your sort of advice to young professionals? Given that you've you know mixed in this circle for ten years now, you know what would you say to someone who's sort of navigating the world of work in their twenties and thirties and might feel a little bit. Not even lost, but like, I don't know, sort of just a bit complacent with it. How, what, would you, what kind of advice would you give people? I would say if you know someone who has those answers, please let me know, and I want to go and speak to them. Okay. Um, and I would <laughs> say I've got a few, a few, a few things I've thought about on this one. I think yeah. you've got to enjoy what you do fundamentally. Yeah. 
Um, and I think if you enjoy what you do, that's good. Good start. And build build your network mm-hmm. to uh, with like minded people because those people around you, especially in Manchester, will will help you. They will help you. Um, and then and then have uh, have a plan that means you're going to push yourself out of your comfort zone and have some targets against that yeah. in the short and long term if you can. If you do all that sort of stuff, I think. Yeah, you're going to set yourself up to kind of achieve stuff, but then get somewhere as well with that. Yeah, I think and enjoy the journey as well. Yeah, you? absolutely. You're bang on there. I think you've got to enjoy what you do and you've got to enjoy the like the day to day of whatever it is, because what that day to day may not be the most glamorous thing, you know, daily, as it were. But I think you've got to kind of learn to love that bit because it's all about that kind of, you know, being ambitious and, and, and enjoying what you do. And I think there's more opportunities to enjoy what you do in terms of especially in like the digital marketing space. Um, yeah, I think there's much more opportunity for that. Charity is another sort of core element of, of NYP and it's very important, I know, to you and Andrew to have that connection. Do you want to talk a little bit more about your sort of charity partnerships, why you had them, the motivation behind them and why it's so important for NYP? Yeah, thanks, Charlie. Yeah, we, um, when we started, we, um, we, I think we attend, We may have attended an event and it was a charity fundraiser at the event. And when we started, we thought we should 100% add this to our position. Yeah. So since that day, nine years ago, roughly, uh, £1 from every ticket has gone to a local charity. So we've worked with Forever Manchester, Beechwood Counter Charity, mm-hmm. uh, Manchester Mind, and now the Prince's Trust. Yeah. Um, we do fundraisers fundraising um and we also do awareness raising it's not just about fundraising yeah. right it's about what they're doing so yeah. that's a big thing for us um and we started that uh, back then and we make sure it's part of our plan going forward and this year we're excited to announce that we're going to be doing more with the prince's trust from a mentoring perspective yeah. um to almost go further further down in terms of like age in terms of we're okay. going to be talking talking to people who are like 16 to 19 who are oh, wow. wanting to develop their careers um and and connect the guys in NYP to 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 those guys. Oh, what an um, so we're looking forward yeah. to announcing that in the next few weeks, That's which fantastic. is going to be great. What an amazing opportunity for like, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old to have that like, yeah. opportunity. It's like priceless. Um, what about the Prince's Trust in particular, given that they're your, your most recent one? What about them drew you to wanting to sort of partner with them? So they launched their Manchester hub um it's just before covid yeah. and so they're like, all, like other businesses had a bit of a false start in terms of of opening sure. etc they've got an amazing site yeah. uh, beehive mill in yeah. Ancoats. Yeah. um and so that is going to be something we're going to push more against how do how do you raise awareness about yeah. it how, how do and they're going to get people in there more more now covid's quieting down so yeah. to speak touch wood um and then we'll be doing events from there and then we'll be doing the mentoring scheme from there as well the mentoring was the big thing that drew us there yeah. um we were so amazed about the about how well that was received from a mnyp mentoring perspective yeah. we thought let's look at doing something to help you grow your mentoring yeah how much of it given the younger age group how much of it are you looking to focus on the professional and the personal because i imagine you're obviously talking to people at a different stage in their life how much of you know what's that kind of balance going to be like or is that not something you've kind of planned out just yet it's a mix of it i would yeah. say some some of the guys um in the princess trust we know about have ideas of their own yeah. that they want to push so how do we connect someone um, with someone in nyp who uh, has a passion for thinking about business ideas yeah. for example help them on that journey yeah. or if it's about uh, how do you get into uh, which career is it i want to go into it yeah. could be at that level of conversation then I know there's people who would be up for uh, and enjoy that conversation as well. So there's there's loads to go at. We know it's going to be a, a success, that one. And you had Manchester Mind before uh, the Princess Trust and obviously mental health in professional circles is thankfully becoming a 
nearly normalised topic, I think, I think, and I say that with all my fingers crossed. How much of that mental health aspect is a part of NYP, is a part of networking and, and communicating with people in similar life scenarios? It's massively important, I would yeah. say. I think that honesty um, and that yeah. acceptance that how that conversation is is absolutely yeah. acceptable is important. Yeah. And we encourage that. That's why we connected with yeah. Manchester Mind for a couple of years. Um, we did some educational events on that topic as well. Yeah. And they were really powerful. They mm -hmm. are, and the guys that down there are great. Um, Joe is great from, from mine. And so we, 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 are, we want to do more of that. We think yeah. it's important and it's not uh, complete to your point there, yeah. Charlie. I think it's, there's still more to be done. Absolutely. And so what's your work-life balance like? So do you, I'm interested to know, do you go to all the socials? Because if you're doing all these events and socials across the year, do you then go to all of them? And is it hard to switch off from work to home life? And Yes, it's not easy, I'd say. It's a yeah. bit of a challenge. It's, um, yes, the answer is go to all the socials generally. Um, it's, it, but then a lot of them nowadays, we've... We'd used to, we used to just have socials in the evening and now we have the health and wellbeing yeah. stuff, which is in the morning or kind of in the day or after work. Um, and they're about, obviously, uh, there's no alcohol involved in those generally. Um, so they're about health and wellbeing. Uh, and then educational is different as well. So we can fit it in and still make it all, all yeah. work. It's tough sometimes, it is. Mm -hmm. and, and balancing it all is not really easy. Some nights you're having not much sleep, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but you've just got to recover on the weekends and then uh, make sure you, you're looking after yourself as much yeah. as you can. You must fit because it's 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 more than just a, a business, isn't it? NYP. It's a it's an organisation that's looking at not looking after people, but it's connecting people and is people focused. Do you find you must fit? Do you ever feel like you've got a responsibility and therefore struggle more to sort of switch off a little bit because you know that there's people whose kind of professional development is is not hinged on what you do, but it's certainly a big part. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Charlie. I didn't know that until now. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, I think there is more yeah. responsibility with yeah. that for sure, which is why we've um, we've grown the team over the last six months. Okay. Um, how, how many is there in the team now? So we've got um, myself and Andrew and then 10 people across oh, different okay. sectors who, who are amazing in terms of um, they provide ideas, they yeah. come to the events, yeah. they're the face of what we do. Um, they'll give us um, feedback on events, this is working, this isn't. Yeah. Um, that's important because we need we need to have um, more than just one view, mm. one point of view, right? It's, it's broadening that view yeah. and it's also supporting uh, more people through the events. That must be priceless, that feedback to have. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because it must be, you know, when it's just you and Andrew, there's only, there's only so, you can only talk about it so much. It's great to have, it must be great to have that third party to come in and say, maybe change this and maybe, you know, it must be, it must be fantastic. 100%. And that's to your point, Charlie, in terms of how broad is NYP. We want to make it as broad as possible to um, to think about people's needs and requirements and uh, accessibility. And then that's why we have to get the feedback to make sure it's always always getting better on that front. Um, before we get onto the quick fire rounds, uh, which we do with every guest, are there any kind of upcoming events, anything you want to kind of let people know about that's happening in the world of NYP? 100%. Yes, Charlie. There is a, um, we're excited. We've got, Tomorrow night we've got a gym event which is which is sold out. But yeah. on Thursday, um, which I know is um, is probably um, it's probably going to be going to have happened by the time yeah. this goes out. But we're really excited to uh, uh, link up with Manchester Roadrunners for a five k for nice. the British Red Cross Ukraine Fund. So we'll be um, we'll, we'll be work those guys are great. They've got yeah. a massive following. So we work with those guys from the wharf and do a little five k with um with a drink after and donate run 5k yeah donate 5k yeah. Uh, donate 5k that would be good yes. donate five pounds to uh to the fund um so that'll be thursday night and then and then loads more coming this year loads yeah. more yeah fantastic big plans ahead well before we let you go let's uh jump into the quick fire round um these are 10 very fairly innocuous questions 
Um, Tamara, would you like to grill uh, Rich before we let him go? I will do. Okay, very good. Oh, no, wait, that's not the same as the last one. It's, no, it is, it's just the bottom. Oh. Right, that again. <laughs> okay, favourite chocolate bar. It's a cheat cheat answer, but it's a bag of dimes. I'm quite greedy, so No, you can't say a bag that. Of, I, re I respect that. He's we've had three guests on That's the pod. That's a really controversial choice. We've had three guests on the pod and they've not they've not they've they've, they've what you've done, Rich, is changed the concept of the chocolate bar. So are you the ones that spelled D A I M? Yeah. That one, those ones, and they're like crunchy. Describe it to me. You got like a, a chocolate outside with a, like a caramel crunchy layer inside, quite small actually. Christmas time, you see them sometimes. Right, okay. Do you know what I mean? I've 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 had a Dane bar, but not the little mini. Yeah, so they do both actually. Yeah, quite tough though to eat. Yeah, they are not, quite tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Strong quite opinions there. Strong anyway, opinions okay. So, mom. biggest inspiration. It's relatively cheesy. This, but I would say the city of Manchester and then the people in it. Mm -hmm. Nice. Because it's what we talked about all yeah. before. Yeah. Best habit? Getting up early. Worst habit? Apart from getting up early, um, I would say um, I'm very good at booking my diary out all the time uh, and being too busy. So right, I try and yeah. rein that in a little right. bit. Um, is there anything you change about yourself? It's literally that. It's trying to fit in too much into my days. Okay. Uh, describe your life so far in three words. Um, say dynamic, active and full. Ooh, Ooh. Very energetic. Um, something new happening in your life right now? Just started HelloFresh. Oh, there you go. Have you, have you had one yet? Yeah. What do you think? I'd say seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. I just... Do have I'm happy fresh? to say that HelloFresh are probably the premium meal kit delivery. If HelloFresh would like to sponsor the podcast, just <laughs> yeah. FYI. No, and there are other one. meal delivery kits Other available. meal delivery kits but, who we're um, all available to sponsorship for. I just can't get over that big padded foam bit that comes in the parcel that you have to dispose. It's meant to be all about recycling. Uh, like right. that. that really annoys okay. me. No, some of them are good, but then some of them not great. I'm not sure. I'll stop doing it. Have you missed ingredients a few times on mine, which is, yeah. uh, which is frustrating. Or they're a bit, they've gone, I don't know if we should include this, but they've gone off a little bit. Like the, the fruit and veg is a bit is a bit mouldy. Is it? Yeah. Which um, bin do you put that stuff in? Is it in the? Cause well, it's just in the black bin. What are you meant to do with it? I don't know. I think you recycle it. No, you can't recycle it. It says on. Have you been right. putting it in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> putting it in with a the can. They're really not going to sponsor this this podcast. Um. Okay. Uh, what was your best subject at school? I think PE probably or business studies. Yeah. And what does success look like to you? Um. Doing something you enjoy and stepping out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And what is your favourite book? Um, I like The Chimp Paradox. I, I have started reading that, but I've swapped. Do you know when you do that? I've got yeah, so many I've, books, I just swap between them. So, um, yeah, no, I've heard it's a good one, actually. What's it, it about? I've never heard of it. So it's about how you have, chimp yeah, the chimp in your brain and how you operate your, um, how you kind of look after yourself and make sure you are operating mm. um, whilst thinking of this chimp in your brain looking at you saying, do this, do that. It's like the anxious ego part yeah. of you, isn't it? Whereas like, you're not supposed to right. act off that because although you've got to act off your gut feeling, that's not always your gut feeling. Sometimes it's right. just like your worst fears. Oh, do you know what I mean? It, it's no, like it rings your... the bell. Didn't the guy that, isn't the guy that works, is it, is it the guy that works for Liverpool football club? Steve Peters, Steve, it could be, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, he did a lot of work, work with the England team about the, this chimp paradox thing. He yeah. did, that's him. Uh, right, okay, well that's very interesting. Um, Rich, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Um, Thanks for having time me. out of your busy schedule to come and chat to us. Um, yeah, thank you so much. And we will hear from you soon. Thank awesome. You. Thanks, guys.
Well, thanks to Rich for joining us. Um, I don't know about you tomorrow, but I find it very interesting. I've known Rich for sort of six to eight months now. So I kind of know the NYP story a little bit and they've worked with Embryo Mm. and they're our digital partner. I've not had that much experience. I mean, I'm like, as I mentioned in the interview, I'm I'm part of the mentor scheme, but it's good to hear about, it's always so interesting to see how businesses started up, isn't it? And how they've moved through the pandemic and, you know, how they're doing now. So I think that was a really good chat. Yeah, I think it... uh, it's very interesting to hear how sort of networking in the traditional sense has evolved post C word post and in 2022 in such a much sort of mobile world. So yeah, no, thank you for, thank you to Rich for coming on and um, giving us his time. Um, We hope you enjoyed the pod. Um, We would love it if you liked and subscribed on our YouTube channel, uh, gave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. It really helps spread the message and helps your friends and new listeners see the kind of stuff that we're chatting about. Um, We will see you next time on another episode of Nevermind the Keywords. (laughs) 